Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. The London, I'm in a different scenery setting, so you've got a different background. Welcome to Jam, uh, sorry, welcome to Cam, you've been away for a few weeks. Welcome back, Cam. Thank you. Have Cam here from sunny Florida. Good to have you back. Um, we've missed the first couple of post-match reactions, so uh, before we get on to the Watford reaction, uh, Cam, give us your thoughts on the Man City win and the win away to Wolves. Wow, I mean, uh, um, the Man City one, probably the biggest surprise. I don't think I've ever seen a Tottenham team play with such ferocity and such speed and such, uh, um, you know, that, that, that it's like a totally different team from what I've seen in the last two or three years. Incredible, exciting and well-deserved win. I mean, the, I think that City had one or two chances, but if Bergwijn had taken his um, chance, and if Bergwijn took all his chances, we'd probably have won the league a couple of last year. <laughs> but if he took his chance, we would have been with sales through that game. Fantastic. I think Wolves was an interesting one because totally different style of play, totally different game plan. Um, I, I think it was a definite penalty. Again, we had a couple of really good chances at the end. Harry could have made it two. Uh, a well-deserved win. So, good start. Interesting that they were both 1-0. I think that, you know... What was lacking for me was the finishing when we were supposed to be a very strong team going forward um, and then falling behind in the second half, like had the chickens at the back, which we're not anymore, but I think we need to start taking some chances. It's great to see that we have a brand new centre pairing at the back, at the back with two what look like brand new players to me because I've never seen those players before. And that's uh, Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer. They were an absolute revelation. Where have they been? In the past, it's like someone's taken their names and put them in different bodies and taught and reprogrammed them on how to play football. Yeah, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a lot to do with Skip and Hoiberg as a double pivot in front of them, protecting them a lot more. But probably didn't have that protection last year. But it just shows if you give them protection, they can be a decent pairing. So, um, do you want to? Have you got any stats on our history with Watford before we start the post match? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we've had quite an experience with Watford. I mean, we've only played them, um, <coughs> excuse me, 51 times. Um, we've beaten them 32 times. They've won eight times and there's been 11 draws. But I think the interesting stat that you'll probably be interested in in the, in the Premier League is uh, we've beaten them eight times. They've won once. Uh, I, was, I remember that was away a couple of seasons ago. I was at that yeah. game. Yeah. And um, we've kept five clean sheets against Watford and they kept two against us in, that, in the Premier League. But I suppose the most interesting thing, Ray, is that we've only lost once in the last 16 games um, against Watford. So you would have hoped that with those stats, we would have done pretty well. In relation to the... In relation to the... We'll come on to the game stats, but that's just sort of like a bit of a history. It's like a case of can we play you every week, I guess, with Watford, you know. I mean, you know, we did really well. But, I mean, uh, okay, let me, let's just start. So, um... Nuno's playing a 4-4-2, so we've got Dyer and Sanchez, and he's got Reguilon as a left, Tanganga's a right, double pivot of Hoybieg and Skip, and then he's got, Lam- he's got, I'm going to say Lamella for a minute, he's got, he's got Bergwijn, Deli, and Son, and then he's got the supposedly rejuvenated Harry Kane up front. So, first of all, um, do you agree with, what do you think of this 4-2-3-1 formation that Nuno's playing? Do you think it's the right formation? 
I I think it is. I think it's working. It can work well. I, I think I was a bit. I mean, the thing about the City game and this game, I would say the City game, you could see clearly his tactics, what we were doing. We pressed them really hard. We never got them any time on the ball. And we moved the ball very, very quickly. Uh, today, I couldn't really see what his tactics were, to be honest with you. I really was very unclear about what we were doing. Were we going to be pushing fast? Were we going to sit back? Um, and so uh, that was a bit confusing for me. But um, I'm not sure that's our strongest team, to be honest. What changes would you have made then? What's, what's your strongest team? Well, I've been, you've probably been hearing me say this for a long time, but I can't see with the strengths that we've got on the bench that Bergwijn would ever make my top, uh, um, my first 11. That's the first thing I'd say. Um, if I wasn't playing Mora, I would be get definitely giving, uh, Brian Gilmore time because of the way that his, his, his pace, his speed and his technical ability is technically a much more superior player. Um, and then why would you have a player like Los Salso who can defend? Um, he can also create in the team if you're not going to play him. I mean, he, he's a, one of the first names on the team sheet for Argentina, but not for Tottenham. That's a bit yeah. surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we lack that creativity in the midfield. I mean, Hoiberg and Skip are really good, you know, defensively. But that transition from defence to attack the balls and running with the ball and then passing it through... You'd think uh, Lo Celso would be ideal for that. Why are they not playing Lo It's very hard to say. I suppose you can only put eleven on the on the field. But once he's made that decision to to have Bergwijn for his speed running on that side, um, that he decided to go that way. I mean, I, I think the issue for me really was is that uh, um, the, the speed of the of the wing wingers in, for Watford really almost uh, outdid us so many times that it was quite worrying that we didn't um, counter that more effectively, and I don't think Bergwijn did, to be honest. Yeah, I think Reguilón had a difficult time with this Milo Saar, didn't he, on that side? Yeah, he beat definitely. Him many Should have got booked in the first few minutes, and then he would have been on edge then, but uh, yes. just like we yes. got away with that one. Yes. So, um, in terms of, uh, it looks all roses, I think, three 1-0 wins, top of the league. Everything looked fine. So let's just put, put put a bit of realism into this and and and, and tell us what the real yeah, I think uh, yeah tell us what the real thing is like then. Well, let's just go, quickly go through the. Uh, hi, Jen. Hey, everyone. Good hi, to Jen. see you all. Uh, Sound you okay? Got green hair or is it just I got cool? I got green hair now. It's not just the camera. It looks like you've got a you've got a hole in your roof as well, but it's not a hole in your roof, right? No, it's a it's a cloud up there. Beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. It's got multiple colours. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I was just going to go through Just Sorry. to fill you in, I was asking Cam, we've won three games, scored three goals, haven't conceded a goal, everything should be hunky-dory, but uh, Cam's going to put a bit of realism in it now. And then I'll oh, of course he is. Well, I'm going to put, what I'm going to do is I want to just take you through the stats for this game very quickly. I mean, we had possession of 58%, but I think most of that came in the second half. In the first half, they seemed to overrun us for the first 20 minutes. But the most interesting one is we had 15 shots. They had nine shots. We had eight on target and they only had two on target. So all for all the running that Watford had and all the sort of like good play that they did and everything else, um, <laughs> they never really troubled us. And those two shots that Lloris had to say really didn't make much of a difference. And I believe exactly the same with, with, with Wolves. Wolves were running us ragged for a while, but did they really bother us? Not really. And the same with, with City. So 
what the realism I want to put on here, that there is, without a doubt, um, Nuno's bought some solidity to the back, but he's also uh, um, bought one thing that's very different between our second-half performances this season so far. I mean, I know it's early days yet, compared to when Mourinho was there. We were 1-0 up, and we dropped 23 points from winning positions last season because we couldn't hold the lead. We were headless chickens. We'd give the ball away. Just didn't see it this time. Second half, in all three games, our, our solidity and our performance and our taking the game to them was a lot better than it was in the first half. So, okay, thanks. Jam, what's your general view on the match then? Um, today's match uh, was uh, it probably wasn't our best performance of the season and we'll have better ones throughout the season. But, I mean, 1-0 is 1-0 and, and that's a win. That's three points. So um, uh, long may it continue. I think uh, definitely what my dad's saying with um, the second half performances are are not reserved. They're not scared anymore. So we're, we're constantly attacking throughout the 90 minutes, which makes such a huge difference. But I think, I think the biggest, uh, factors in, in, in being comfortable at one nil, whereas usually we're not comfortable, uh, you know, last season just never have been, uh, are five players. And that's, that's the two defenders because the, uh, Dyer and, and Sanchez have been phenomenal. Um, uh, Tanganga. And then just having Skip and, and, and Hoiberg. Hoiberg last season will look like a man who, who needed some assistance all the time. And he has that. And Skip, you know, on the social media, I've seen him, lots of people saying Skip had a really good match, but I thought he was just, he was average. He wasn't, it wasn't phenomenal by any means, but he does the job that needs to be done. He closes down the players. He covers for the, the set, the Hoiberg covering Tanganga when he goes up forward. And it, it makes such a difference defensively. And, and it shows with, with Dyer and Sanchez, they didn't overnight become good, good defenders. They just are not fearing for their lives constantly, you know? Mm. So I think what we agree is the double pivot of Hoiberg and Skip is protecting Diane Sanchez, not making them as exposed as much as they were previously. And they're obviously doing a lot better because of that, which is a good thing, really. But let me come to you. I want to ask you, Jam, what's the difference between this team and Jose Mourinho team in terms of the way they play? Can you just explain that to me, Jam? I, I definitely think it's the fear. There's no fear of, um, you know, here it's like if we concede an early goal, we'll just go on and attack and attack and attack till, well, we, till we get more yet, goals. Have we? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, but I know that when, when it will happen, the mentality will not change. It won't be like, oh, we need to pick ourselves up. The game plan is going to continue the same. It seems that we're just, whenever there's a chance to attack, we're not going to hold the ball back. We're not going to wait and play, look out, look for creative chances and at the right moments. We are just full on attacking and I love mm -hmm. to see it. Okay, great. Uh, Cam, let me ask you the same question. What's the main differences between this team and the Jose Mourinho team? Well, I think that this, you know, we can see it in the performance. They're just, the same players are better players. Uh, look at Lloris. Why is that? Well, have you seen Lloris make a mistake? Have you seen Sanchez and Diamond very really well? I mean, he not this game, but the last few games, he looks so much better as a goalkeeper than he did before. <laughs> why? You asked me a very good question. Why is that? And I'll tell you what I think. Why that is, and I think it's because um, under Mourinho, there was not. He didn't play to the player's skills. He played to how he wanted them to play. He didn't see that, you know, this is what I can, the, the best position or the best way this player plays and these are his skills. Let's enhance that. What he says, this is how I need the game played. And that's all he, that's, that he didn't care about the rest. So what you saw is a lot of mismatch uh, um, game plans with players, which le led up to so many holes and, and gave us that feeling of, um, 
of being complete headless chickens. One thing that Nuno has done is he's looked at the player's strengths and he's set the team up to their strengths and give them a bit more confidence that they, that they get the cover where they are weak. And I think Skipper obviously has made a big difference because one of the things that Hoybier never had in that middle was anyone they could really rely on or depend on. Because you can't tell me that Ndombele playing with Hoybier there or even Lacelso playing there provide the sort of solidity and cover that, that Skip does. And we just never had that player. And having those two has given us three clean sheets. Forget about anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100%. You know, these guys have given us that defensive shield that we needed. Obviously, they're going to be tested when they come against the better teams. But, uh, the, City. The, yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could have been down two or three down in the first 15 minutes. But anyway, they will be tested against better teams. But the first few times are really, really good. Um, let me come on to you, Cam. I wanted to ask you about Harry Kane. What did you think of his performance? I know Kane was very poor today. Um, <laughs> I think he... It was good to see him back, and it was good to see him in that position. I think that it's going to be it's very clear to me that uh, um, he hasn't been training that long with his teammates and with Nuno to fit into Nuno's plan, so he was just like thrown into that. Um, and I think it's going to only, it can only get better. What we did see today, which was a bit disturbing for me, was the chemistry between the, the blind understanding between Son and Kane that we had last season, where they could just close their eyes and pass the ball to each other. They just knew how each other ran, where they were going to be. How they, and, and, and I think that's just the first game they've played this season together. So that's definitely got to improve. But overall, I mean, for me, I know the player got attached to it, but man, how did Kane miss that sitter? in the second half, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's that little bit... Let's face it, Harry Kane of last season, you know, put your mortgage on that. Yeah. So, so that's what we need, that, that, that sharpness back. I'm sure it's going to come. Uh, uh, Jam, what about the, the goal from Son? Was it a great free kick or a goalkeeping mistake? Um, it was a beautiful free kick, but it was also a goalkeeping mistake. He wasn't going for goal, but, I mean, he put it in the position where you, you don't know what to do. As the, as the goalkeeper should definitely come for it, but... I'm sure. I'm sure there's reasons why he didn't, and it was just so well placed that nobody had to touch it. Just passed in so nicely. Okay. And um, any areas of concern for you, Jam, in the team? Areas of concern. So I wanted to. I wanted to talk on Kane actually a little bit because I think Kane is an enigma, and and obviously I'm very happy he's still with us. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not want to have Kane on the team, but he's an interesting player because it looked like we had set up. We had a plan for post life Kane. You know, we had a, a, a 4-3-3 formation with the quick counter-attacking football that we'd been playing in the last two matches. And it was it was phenomenal. It, it looked like we could move on without Kane. Um, but Kane comes back into the team and the formation reverts back to being centered around him. Because obviously you have Harry Kane in the team and you're going you're gonna to build your whole team around Harry Kane. It's just the way it is. He's the best player in England. Um, but I think, I think it definitely takes away from that direct... A counter attack that we were seeing the last the last few matches the the pace isn't as quick Kane slows down the play a little bit because he's a creative type he will he was to pick his head up and look for it whereas it was all instinct with Lucas Bergwijn and Son just pinging balls around flying forward and and I, I definitely like having Kane in the team I just I kind of I, I was mentioning to my dad earlier how I would really like to see Kane drop back into to being like that third central midfielder, like at the top of a of a diamond, you know, Hoiberg, skip on one side and then Kane, kind of just playmaker in it. With Son, Lucas and Bergwijn up or whoever you're gonna have as your front three, flying forward, attacking with him, just spreading balls out. I think that could be really, really exciting if we if you know but that's the problem. Harry Kane's a striker and he's there to score goals and he's the best goal scorer in the in, in the league again. So 
you know, you, you take what you can with him. I'm just happy to have him in the team. Okay. Uh, but I still think we're missing that. We've got the skip double pivot with Olivier. We've got the front three. We've got that transition with a ball-carrying creative midfielder who can pass the ball through like an Ericsson. I that's Harry Kane's. That's Harry Kane. If he could, if he could focus on that, I and believe I he could do that job so well. Yeah, he could do it. But I keep going back to Ericsson because he's the best proponent of that art. And mm. Cam, did we think Tonga and Dembele was going to fill that void? Now he looks like. What's the situation with Ndombele, Cam? What's happening there? Listen, you know my position on Ndombele. You're going to get me really steamed up now. <laughs> I want you to be steamed up. Come on. Because look, as far as I'm concerned, the the, the, the most cleverest thing that Nuno did is realise the role that Ndombele has played at Tottenham Hotspur for the last two years. And that is to get managers sacked. Um, the reason um, Pochettino went is he put his faith in Ndombele, put him in the team, made him look like a fool. He went. Mourinho, who immediately uh, called out Ndombele, and then for some bizarre reason... Stuck with him, stuck with him like like, uh, like over glue, and over. <laughs> like over and over. However, whatever he did, finally he got what he deserved, and that's my mate bailout, which still upsets me very much right now. Um, and uh, um, but Nuno didn't, and I just cannot see a place for Nombley in that team. Personally, I can't see a place for him anywhere. Sixty million pounds. We'll get 20. I'd be very happy for t- with 20. But there's no room for a Ndombele in that setup in a, in a, in a, t- a Tottenham Hotspur show, period. That's my position. Well, the rumours are he's upset because Sissoko's gone, Aurier's leaving, his French mates are leaving. He doesn't feel like... No, that's fine. If he's not happy, he should be moved on. I totally agree with that. But what do, we, what do you guys want to see in the next few days of the window? Who are we going to get, get in to try and help make that creative midfielder? Because the Celso can do it, I think. But yes. we need other options. I think we're all forgetting Deli Ali has been Deli. phenomenally. Him, I, we said Son and Kane didn't link up so well today, but Kane and, and Deli look like they, the chemistry is coming back together. He has some good good inter intermingling touches. Um, Deli had a really good chance to, to yeah, put it in. And oh, we had a lot of good opportunities today. On another day, we would have scored a lot more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that jams out it. I mean, look, we've all written Deli off two years, last two seasons. We've all said... I can remember going back four, three seasons ago and saying this will be the best player in in the Premier League in Britain. I can remember Alex Ferguson saying to uh, the, whoever the manager was at the time, uh, "Pay whatever it takes and get Jersey. this player in." No, was that whoever? You know, was this was the, he was phenomenal. He was a great player. How do you go from that height to where he was now? Unless you, you know, can he come back? This is the time, isn't it? This is the season. It is the opportunity. This is the gap. Like you said, we have this hole in the middle of our team, which is it can be filled by Lo Celso or by Delhi. And um, this is their opportunity to shine. And uh, I'll take that. I think that the, if we can get Brian Gill on that wing playing with the speed and, and, the, and the way that he does, and Mora on the other side, we'll have some phenomenal pace coming in and to be able to scare some of the players. I would say today... Probably the most disappointing player for me on the field was probably Regulon. I think that you know he was scared uh, out of his wits uh, um, by by the by the Watford winger was it was a Sar Sar. We should have signed. Good. We were supposed to have signed that. I believe we, we were off. Apparently, we're going for Traore, And uh, and I, I thought that it was incredible how I mean he got better than Regulon, but I think that you know if Real Madrid are ever going to be coming back for him, it won't be very soon. Jam, what's your thoughts on who we should get in to try and help? Um, 
on Dombele's so, goal, obviously. Yeah, I think I think we need a, um, somebody to cover that right back position because obviously Tanganga has made that his own. You know, hopefully Doherty can can really you know pull up his socks and, and work for it hard because obviously he has that relationship with Nuno. But I don't have that much faith in that. So I, I feel like if we could get someone who could cover that position of of being a centre back slash right back. Um, would really, really be beneficial. But then there's also the other wing, like we said. We got Regulon, we got Davis, who's been a, a very good, you know, loyal team member. But he's, yo, Sessing Young's there. But Sessing Young looks like he's going to be playing higher up the pitch. You know, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think we really need need anyone. Uh, I'm happy with striker. our team. Is. A striker, a second striker, would be decent. I still think we need a backup striker and a creative midfielder. We'll talk yeah. about Moriba from Barcelona coming, but apparently he's yeah. RB Leipzig now. Yes. You've lost your jam. I don't know what happened. So, Do you hear me? We can hear you. We can't see you. Oh, there you go. So, but can I just so, yeah. say, Ray, I think that if we're going to sign anybody, um, uh, we need to think seriously about some of the players, that, that the French players that we need to move on because it seems like a lot, nobody wants to take them. I mean... Uh, um, which French which th- players are you talking about? Well, Aurier, I mean, yes. Aurier is one of them. I mean, I mean, I, I, if we're going to keep anybody, we, he, he'd be a good backup. I, w- I would still keep him. Um, what is going on with Rodon? What is going on with yeah, Rodon? Yeah. I mean, uh, has everyone forgotten about him? I mean, he was supposed to be, you know, this season was supposed to be his season. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but am I impressed with Galini from what I've seen so far? Not really. I don't know who else is so far, but I suppose it's early days yet. Yeah. I think definitely, it's say at the moment, yeah. Definitely better than uh, um, Joe Hart, that's for sure. Uh, but I think there are a few other players. Well, the Sissoko is, 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 has gone, which is, um, I mean, he, he was a good team player, but... I still think that there is room to bring in some talent and, like you say, some, someone with some real creative skills. Uh, I mean, and then we could be there. I mean, where, where do we see ourselves going at the end of this season? That's the big question, isn't it? What well, are we that's talking? What I was going to ask you. Are we, are we getting a bit carried away? We're top of the table. Mm. Uh, we've, we've scored three goals, haven't let in any goals, maximum points, only team in England in the Premier League, maximum points. Are we getting carried away with ourselves? Or, you know, should bring us back down to earth? Jam, where are we really going to finish this season? Uh, prior, prior to the season starting, prior to you know the first match against City, I would have said outside of the top five. But having played, having seen other teams' performances so far, and obviously it's early days because last year in December we were top of the league and then we finished what, wherever we finished seventh. Mm. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, are you, but at, at, at this stage, there is optimism. Um, I definitely feel like top four has to be our aspirations because that's what we should be always aiming for. Um, you know, I feel like there's definitely a couple stronger teams like Chelsea and, and Man City who have spent crazy amounts of money, um, who are probably going to be fighting for the league by the end of the season. And I, I think we're probably going to be more on par with like the Liverpool, Man United, and and um, and ourselves are going to be fighting for that top four. And Leicester as well, I think. Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Cam, what do you think is our realistic? Uh, aspirations this year? To be honest with you, I would discount Leicester completely. I think Leicester will have a bad season this year. I think West Ham are the ones to worry about. I think that letting West Ham sign Kurt Zuma when we had a chance to sign him was a pretty big mistake. 
Um, and I, I believe they're bringing in more players as well. I don't know where they're getting their money from. Clearly, uh, Spurs are just looking to loan players, which is good and it can be bad too. Uh, but we just don't have that power, that money power. But and I, I mean, the thing that we need to really emphasize today, three one nil wins, right? Um, great three clean sheets, great defensive display, very good going forward. But you're not going to win anything or get top four of just scoring one goal in every game. So we have got a problem here. I mean, I know Harry's only just come back and he's going to get you 20, 30 goals, let's hope, every, <laughs> at the end of the season. So it should change. So, I mean, Son's already got you two. But Delhi needs to start scoring and the midfield needs to start putting in some of the goals. And if we don't get someone who does that, we're not going to get into the top four because you're all right. Realistically, three clean sheets is great. But we are going to concede. We are going to concede. And when we do concede, we need to score. If you've got Skip and Hoybeer double pivot, you won't, you'll concede less, but then you're not going to score as many because of creativity. Not there. So well, you exactly. The right, you need to find the right balance here, I think, yeah. yeah. So, okay, excellent, guys. Listen, I don't think we can close today without having a good old laugh at our friends from down North London, the Woolwich. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about Woolwich now. So, Ken, why don't you start? Tell us the great things happening at Arsenal, please. Well, I mean, I, I was very sad that they lost yesterday. I thought, if, and I'll tell you why. I thought if they could draw 1 1 somehow, then that would mean that we'd get, Arteta will be there till after Christmas, by which time we absolutely have no chance of doing anything. But uh, I mean, the worst thing that could happen in a way for a Spurs fan is for Arsenal to sink so low that they, that before the transfer window shut, that, that they get, have time to throw money at it and get a new manager in. So I'd love to take a picture of the, uh, and blow it up of the table as it stands now. Spurs in the first position. Arsenal uh, with zero points. I don't think you to check, Cam. I don't think that's ever happened. That we're talking about. No, I actually got that right here. I was going to say it. Oh. First time in history of all of the top flight, not just the Premier League. Uh, first time that Arsenal have lost uh, uh, three games in a row in 70 years, I believe, at the beginning yeah, of the yeah. season. Uh, um, I mean, they're breaking records in all the right ways. And uh, um, having spoken to a couple of Gunas, What's their biggest frustration is, and with Arteta, and never you speak to anybody, and I'm, I like Arteta, he seems like a nice guy, but it's completely, everything is his fault. It's his player management. It's his, um, the people that he sends out on loan, the people that he gives extended contracts to. It's great. I mean, if you're Shaka and, uh, and Kolosinac and you're getting all that money and bumper deals, and what's the other one that he gave? Suarez. I think Suarez, who was an awful player, uh, yesterday got loads of money and a, and a bumper deal. Fantastic! Keep paying them. I would say so. It's great. I'm uh, very yeah, happy. Yeah, what about you? Uh... Oh, I'm I'm very happy to see. Yeah, very happy to see Arsenal struggling as always. So it's it's one of the delights in this world. They just keep on giving. You know, I'm not going to hold back. With this, is it doesn't matter how bad Arsenal are or will be or are going to be. When it comes to Tottenham, they always raise their game. Now, they've got two games, and then they're going to play Tottenham. So, uh, you know, this is – I wouldn't – I'm happy they're right down the bottom, but don't – they will raise their game when they play us. They always do. Oh, definitely. But I wish we could play them this week. These guys are all going to turn up against Tottenham. All right. I think, I think it's – we are going to turn up against them. Hopefully, Shaka will be back for that match, you know. Yeah, Maybe not. Rematch ban. Nuno won at the Emirates last season. Let's hope he can do it again. I think what we really should be talking about is what a fantastic job Nuno is doing. Because it's yeah, not no, just it's the football that's being played. It's the yeah, the the cohesion in the team, the team spirit is up. Like we were we were a battered team. We were down in the dumps. You know, Mourinho did something to us that I haven't seen any Tottenham team 
been that depressed or Tottenham fans. Just, it was depressing. It was so depressing. And then after that, we have to wait forever to find who our manager is going to be to get our preseason started. And, you know, fair play to Levy and Paratici because they did a fantastic job with Nuno. They, they, um, you know, I'm very happy with Nuno being there and I'm, I'm even more happy that we have Paratici now actually managing the football side of things because clearly Hitchin and Levy just did not know what they were doing. Yeah. Although Joe Hart was on uh, in a video yesterday saying that when Nuno came, he said to Joe Hart, "You're never going to kick a ball for Tottenham again." That's all he ever said. But, no, he's tough. That's what I love about Nuno. He like he does not take crap. Where is Endombele? We don't need to see Endombele because we're, we're all happy with He was fully happy with letting Kane go, and we were all fine with it. Mm. You know, yeah. I'm happy Kane's still I here. Think but... Kane, I think Parrot. Chichi and uh, Nuno said, if he doesn't want to stay, get rid of him and give me the money to get somebody else. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Mm. I mean, I think... Cam, I, Cam, Cam let me ask you yeah. a question. What's going to happen with Ndombele now? We're getting close to the end of the season, uh, end of the transfer window. He's not going to play under Nuno. What's going to happen with him? We've got an asset well, worth £60 million, 200000 a week. What are we going to do? He's got to go, whatever it takes. And I don't believe he's, he's worth £60 million. Even on loan, it's not worth sixty million. It's the two hundred thousand that we need to two hundred fifty thousand, I believe, that we need okay. to start saving. Um, it's definitely not worth sixty million, is he? Who's going to pay sixty million for Ndombele right now? No, no. Maybe lucky to get five. I mean, I'm shocked we only got three for uh, uh, Sissoko, which is I ridiculous. Mean, I mean, you know, yeah. Well, I saw somewhere with three today, but I just see That's two. More to get his wages, he's got not even ninety k a week as well. Get his wages. Yeah, Good. I'm happy. My view on Nuno, very simple and very interesting. Right. On the, at the end of the first game, he came on the pitch here in America um, for, a, for a direct interview, long, long interview about tactics and everything else with, um, with some of the, the uh, uh, commentators. And uh, uh, the first thing they said is, how impressed are you with Tanganga? And he just brushed it aside. He did not want to compliment anybody. He said, this is the team. This is how we play. But he had no problem picking out players like Sessigny on the other week and saying, nope, not good enough, didn't play well enough. And they're not going to get any favours from Nuno. Nuno, the thing that I read about him is he don't make friends. He doesn't, nobody really necessarily likes him, but they know what he wants and he knows how to train. He knows how to do things and get things done. So Nuno is not the guy that's going to come around and put his arm around you, right? Like probably Mourinho will. And then later stab you in the back like he probably did with them. Bale, where he probably put his arm around but don't worry, you're going to be a great player, we're going to get you back and then never play him right? Nuno, if he's ain't going to play, he's going to tell you very straight, and there is no favours there's no messing around, there's nothing that he, and that, that's what I like about, about Nuno, also I mean, would you want to meet him in a dark alley? Would you want to cross him? I mean, if I was a player, I'd be pretty scared of being balled out by Nuno, because you know he could take you down yeah, you know, and, all the uh, goalkeepers are crazy. And, and I think that he's um he's got that toughness and that mental toughness that Tottenham uh, lacked that we thought we were getting from Mourinho. But what we were really getting from Mourinho was was, was someone who's not a footballer, a bit of a con artist, and someone who's um bought his way to fame and couldn't do it anywhere else. Now, just before we finish, I want to get one thought I had is Tanganga's doing really bad, really, really well at right back, really, really strong, you know. Mm. But going forward, there's, he needs to learn to cross the ball and play better. Do you think we're lacking a bit offensively down the right side with the right back, mm-hmm. Cam? Do you ask me? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I think what he brings defensively is more valuable than what he brings offensively. And I, I would not, I would not take him out of that position just because he, his final ball isn't isn't as great. Okay. You know, because he's he's so smart, he's so intelligent positionally. 
And the only player. worry is if he gets injured, we've got Doherty at right back. So, so let's hope he doesn't get injured. No. I think that um, in terms of Tanganga can only get better. And that's the main thing. There's that, you know, the only way for him is up. And we say that he's attacking. He almost got a goal today. He had a ball cleared off by, off, off the line, I, I believe. And uh, he's crossed that, that, that almost scored another goal, which gave up for dead, where he went in, slid in and pulled it, hooked it right back. Yeah, it was pretty damn good. So he can only get better. And um, like Jan said to me earlier, is that uh, forget about Regulon being bought by Real Madrid. We've got to watch out for in a couple of years of Tanganga getting bought by Real Madrid. Okay. Before, let's finish then. So your final thoughts, uh, Jan? I say, come on, you Spurs, man. Another 1-0 another for the next three matches. I'll take it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Cam, final thoughts? Final thoughts is that, um, obviously, I like Palace, the London team, from South London, but they're managed by Aguna, so let's hope we thrash them. Um, the uh, I think the Chelsea game coming up is going to be the real test because they're, they firstly they're a bogey team and secondly we don't for some bizarre reason we always seem to roll over and let them have it so that's going to be the real test and if we can get past that then as long as Arteta's at the Gunas I think we should have the next three games in the bag my view is that it, you know there's a long way to go we must start scoring more goals and uh, getting better taking our chances but come on you Spurs Come on, you Spurs. Okay, everybody, this is Ray from uh, London, Spurs 951. Remember to like, comment and subscribe. It's goodbye from Cam. Goodbye, everyone, from Florida. And come on, you Spurs, again, we're going to be top of the table. Let's stay there for at least two weeks. And Jam. Come on, you Spurs. Bye from Connecticut. Well, glad to be back here. Yes, see you later. See you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.